This is pretty interesting. Um, from an actual Jewish um, historian, how the Bible proves Moses' pilgrimage to Mecca. Yeah, let's try this out. Let's go. Before time began, there was the cube. We know not where it comes from, only that it holds the power to create worlds and fill them with life. That is how our race was born. For a time, we lived in harmony. But like all great power, some wanted it for good, others for evil. And so began the war. And just when all hope seemed lost, message of a new discovery. Avi Lipkin is here from Israel, and he's brought his brand new book. It's called Return to Mecca. And the title of this book, Return to Mecca, what, what could that possibly mean? And, and on the cover is a picture of a black cube. That's where the story starts. Avi, let's, let's start right there. Yes. Um, I believe that the Bible is a GPS. Uh, I believe that the Bible uh, took place, a lot of it took place in Arabia. Actually, in most churches, Christians say to me, we know that Mount Sinai, the real Mount Sinai, is not in the Sinai Peninsula, but rather in northwest Saudi Arabia. It's called Jebel al-Laws. Uh, I am the first Jew in the Jewish world who's coming to the rabbis and saying, the Torah is a GPS. Uh, Jethro, the high priest of Midian, I believe was the high priest of the Kaaba, the black stone, which is today in Mecca. There was no Mecca, it was just a black stone in those days. <laughs> Our father's Jethro. He's Sheik of Midian. Uh, Moses was the son-in-law of Jethro. Moses was the understudy of Jethro for 40 years. And when Moses went to take the children of Israel out of slavery, he gave them the phylacteries, which they are to put on their forehead and on their left arm, as a sign from God that we are leaving the pyramid system of slavery in Egypt, and we're going to the cube system of freedom in Arabia. See, I never heard of anything like that. Like this point of view about symbolism, just of the cube versus the pyramid. Um, of course, there's other talks about the pyramid being uh, another race and all that. But it's kind of interesting that um, what he just stating on here. I never, I haven't heard this type of point of views before on there. And yes, uh, like people are saying that Mecca wasn't a city; it was been there. It's just now that because Saudi Arabia is there. People think it's always been there. No, it was just a spot. So my research, yeah, that's actually is true about that. And yeah, the Jewish people will never, ever, ever um, say, or even with the proof, they won't allow themselves to say anything that might contradict or, or kind of um, change their quote position when it comes to uh, there being the quote chosen people. And it must be remembered that there was no Judaism in those days. There was no Christianity. There was no Islam. All people, including the Israelite slaves, were pagans. And, of course, the golden calf, basically the children of Israel reverted to the gods that they had known in Egypt yes. when Moses delayed coming back. So the purpose of this book is to show where exactly we were and that 38 years at least of the uh, Exodus was in Arabia. Uh, Moses, Aaron, Jethro were at the Kaaba, which is today Mecca. 
And when God says in Deuteronomy 11 that the borders of Israel will include the desert to the south, that desert is Arabia. That, uh, yeah, I didn't know that at all. Um, yeah, how crazy is that? And it's all like kind of full circle. Jethro was uh, a cousin because Jethro's descended from Midian. Uh, Midian was one of the brothers of, of Isaac. So you have uh, Ishmael, son of Hagar, and then you have the children of Keturah. So Midian is one of the children of Keturah. And uh, from Midian, you go down to the next generation, which is Reuel or Raguel. And one of the names of uh, Jethro in the Bible is Reuel. So he was probably in the Middle East. Many times people are named after grandfathers and great-grandfathers. We've come far from Egypt, across the desert, on foot. He who has no name surely guided you steps. No name. You Bedouins know the God of Abraham? Abraham is the father of many nations. We are the children of Ishmael, his firstborn. We are the obedient of God. I will dwell in this land. So Moses, when he had to flee Egypt after he killed the, the taskmaster who was beating the Jewish slave, the Israelite slave, he knew where he was going. He knew the geography. He was almost Pharaoh, so he had to know the geography. So he took the Israelites through the desert to what is today Nueva on the eastern shore of the Red Sea of uh, uh, Sinai. That is where they crossed. And this, By the way, there's no archaeological proof at all of an exodus in the Sinai Peninsula. The, but there is tons of archaeological proof in the Arabian Peninsula, the New Testament, uh, chapter 4, verse 25 of Galatians. It says, you know, that Mount Sinai and Hagar, which are in Arabia. Yeah, I didn't know that there had been actual archaeological proof of a max exodus uh, period. So that, I mean, wouldn't... Wouldn't they be happy about that? But just the whole location of it, even especially with uh, Christian, even Jewish location, uh, regardless of if it's that's what they say it was supposed to be at, nothing else matters. That kind of thinking is dangerous and kind of limiting, too. Josephus speaks very clearly that uh, Sinai, uh, the, the Ishmaelites are there, the Troglodytes are there, uh, the children of Keturah are there, the children of Esau are there. Everybody is there, and they're all one family. And talk about the linkage between the, the Jews who wear phylacteries and this pilgrimage to Mecca. By the way, if Christians have ever come to Israel, so I'm talking now to the people who've been to Israel, They've seen it on the flight yes. because when, when, when people are still snoozing and the sun comes up as the plane is approaching Israel, you see the Orthodox Jewish men go to the back of the plane and they pray and they put on the phylacteries. And this is a tradition that goes back 3,500 years. Um, by the way, it, very important, and I learned this in the Jewish Theological Seminary, we studied the New Testament. Matthew 23, verse 5. Jesus is criticizing the Pharisees, and he says, for all their, their works they do to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries, and they enlarge the hems of their garments, or the tzitzit on their prayer shawls. 
And it's, it's interesting indeed that today there are three types of phylactery. You have the size A, the size B, and the size C. And so okay. what Jesus was saying was, he wasn't saying don't put on the phylacteries, which I'm sure Jesus did. And what he was saying was that if you have the $200 phylactery, and you have the $400 phylactery, and you have the $600 phylactery, which is humongous, don't spend your money on $600 phylactery. Spend it on the $200 and give the $400 to charity to feed the poor. I've never heard about this at all. The phylacteries, the little, I thought, I, I thought this was maybe some, some, offshoot of Judaism that nobody talks about. No, apparently this is, I'm going to have to research this. I've never heard about this at all. So, but it's something, it's in Matthew 23, verse 5. So we know that Jewish men in those days wore this. We know that in the Greek Orthodox Christian tradition, there are priests who put on phylacteries. It's a slightly different Greek phylactery, but it all commemorates exactly the same thing. So the phylacteries have a very important meaning for Christians as well. So my question, and I'll ask it for everybody who's watching, why in the world would you put on, uh, strap a little wooden box with scriptures from Deuteronomy on the inside and attach that to your left arm and to your forehead? Why would why would you do that? And why would it be cube-shaped? Cube Perfectly cube-shaped. And so the contention in my book is that when Moses came to Pharaoh, and fa remember, Pharaoh's God, Pharaoh was God in Egypt to the Egyptian people. He created the Nile, and he created this, and he created that. And who's Moses? Moses is a guy who stutters. It's very hard to talk. And God says, give the people a sign. And the phylacteries were the sign. He gave Pharaoh the signs. You remember his rod became a, uh, a crocodile or serpent, ate the other crocodiles. Right. And uh, the, the, the leprosy in the chest. These are all signs that and then later the 10 plagues um, and Moses gave signs to the elders of Israel and Moses gave signs to the people. You're talking about primitive pagan people who are shepherds and they're saying to Moses, well, why should we listen to you? You know? And so, so this uh, phylactery has four pouches, four parchments. Uh, the first two are Exodus 13. Then you have Deuteronomy 6 and Deuteronomy 11. Exodus 13, we are still in Egypt. We are still in slavery. We're about to flee. But Exodus 13 talks about the, you know, sign on thy arm and frontlets between thine eyes. And, I, you know, I know young people won't know the word that I'm going to say now, but there's a word that older people like you and I remember, which is, you know, you know, gyroscope. A gyroscope takes us directly in the direction we have to go. And Moses is leading the children of Israel out of the pyramid triangular system to the cubic square system of freedom in the desert. And again, uh, Moses says to Pharaoh, let my people go so that they may circle me in the desert. The other five times, let my people go so that they may serve the Lord in the desert. But the first one is they should go around the circles. Now, Hajj is a pilgrim to Mecca. Hag is the Egyptian pronunciation. Hag in Hebrew means a holiday or going around in circles. And afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, said, says the Lord, God is real for them to go and they hold a feast unto me. Yeah, that, yeah, I've heard of, heard that passage, but wow, what he was talking about, yeah, like, technically, yeah, I say, so an Exodus is a, a pilgrimage to Mecca. <laughs> Crazy.
So the word in, in Hebrew is had, cognate of the Arabic word hajj, which is to make pilgrimage, keep a pilgrimage feast. So yeah, they were going to a pilgrimage. You take oneself towards an object of reverence, make a pilgrimage to Mecca, Sabine. Wow, okay. And this is why it's so important to read and understand context and how it's written from those times, not for our English. It says, uh, oh, we went, because it makes a key difference, you know, how spoke to Pharaoh and says, you know, we're not going to travel, we're, we're, you know, let us go so we can make pilgrimage and, to have, uh, and keep a pilgrim feast. That would be the correct translation of it and as we know and, they, and i've been hearing they actually the route is just a route towards mecca yep Yeah, wow, so you they should keep that feast throughout generations. They should keep forever. And it seems like only the you know, only Islam Muslims are keeping that pilgrimage to Mecca. That is true. There's something else that um, I'm actually, yeah, because it's a feast. Yeah, it it's insane. Like, oh my god. Um, something I do want to go to and see, uh, but I think, you know, we have the Christian fundamentalist, who uh, is, is yeah, so is scriptura, but they base it on mainly just the last translate. They don't go back and look at context and old how it's written, when it was written, to really grasp and understand it. Hag in Hebrew means a holiday or going around in circles, or going around in circles.
Or going around in circles. Or going around in circles. And so the first meaning really meant let my people go so that they may sacrifice to the Lord at the Kaaba in Mecca, which there was no Mecca at the time, it was the black stone. Jethro was the high priest. Moses was the understudy of the high priest. And so he knew why spiritually he was taking the children of Israel out of slavery from the pyramid system to the square system to Jethro. Then, of course, as you know, God finally says, no, you're not going to turn right. You're going to turn left. Instead of going to Mecca and Medina, we turn to the uh, Mount Sinai, Mount Chorev, which, as you said very correctly, is within sight of Elat and Aqaba in the Red Sea. By the way, my people, forgive me for being arrogant, are the Jews and the Christians together. If the, now, my, my contention through my book is if we Judeo-Christians get Mecca and Medina, then we capture the flag, and it is the termination of Allah, who I say is Satan, and sending the devil to the pits of hell for a thousand years. And yeah, that's it's interesting because that does prove a lot of things, including what they do on uh, because Islam has been saying this far longer, uh, and everything's coming to pass to show that they they were correct. So, are they really really Satan? Um, I don't believe so, uh, especially when you look at people that have keep a very uh xenophobic view like all you feel all uh rocks have to come from only uh jewish people nothing else and that's why they disprove and i think now they believe that their messiah is finally here ah <sighs> but yeah it's very interesting hope you guys like the video leave a comment tell me what you guys think and then uh yeah, i'll see you next time